And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show. We brought the Portal Authority back. It's Max Olson again. Max Olson Overload. We, we gotta with your with your lukewarm takes <laughs> jingle. We need to add a Max Olson Overload jingle. It's my goal in podcasting to get Max Olson to say something that lights the internet on fire one day. <laughs> Join yeah, me you know, on the dark side. We haven't done the, the lukewarm ticks in a while, and I just... First, there it is. The thing that I get the most satisfaction out of is just being not wrong. I just want to be not wrong. It's room temperature takes with Max Olson. We are not here to get ratio today, Andy. That's what we're not here to do. <laughs> that is one of our more fun segments, though. I promo. don't know that I don't know that you'll have room temperature takes on this particular issue, Max, because this is this is near and dear to your heart. And not a few hours after the transfer portal opened on Saturday, did something happen that was uh, quite a surprise to all of us. Uh, perhaps the the football staff at Georgia and a couple other football staffs around the country, knew it was going on. But Bear Alexander, D-tackle. I wish I'd clipped from when we were already now we're talking to Seth Emerson, our Georgia beat writer last week. And I'm like, and they got a dude named Bear. No, they don't. Afraid not. Um, you know, to I, I want to tip my cap to, to Seth. Seth and I talk a lot when it comes portal time. And, and Seth always has a very good, like he's very good at taking the temperature and kind of getting the hints of like, Hey, I'd watch out for these names. I think these ones are probably coming. Um, sometimes it's big names that do hit. Sometimes they they aren't. They don't hit. But um, when Seth says this one was unexpected, then to me that's like, ooh, oh, it's yeah. really unexpected. Yeah, because he knows what's going on there. Um, yeah, Barry Alexander in the portal, uh, Texas kid. Um, it was fascinating how quickly like the rumor mill kind of fired up on Saturday. I don't know if it's because he's just the most prominent guy out there. Um, but there was a lot of among, among personal staff, there's a lot of texting right away and, and a lot of gossip about what's going on there. So he, as a true freshman last year on what is a loaded defense with uh, a D tackle, that's going to go probably in the top 10 of the draft. He played in 12 of the 15 games and, and it was as the season went on, he was playing more. Uh, he had two sacks and 13 hurries and he's just, I mean, he's a very good player. It's interesting because we kind of have heard the rumors about where he might wind up. And it's a certain school uh, near where Ari wants to live. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, that, that he might be fighting on at some point. And it's interesting because I, I remember writing in my mailbag last week, somebody asked me about Lincoln Riley and the defense and the, all the, the usual criticisms I have. And I pointed out that talent acquisition on defense has been a problem for Lincoln Riley as well, that since he's been a head coach, 
he has only signed seven top 100 defensive players. In that same span, Kirby Smart has signed 30 and Nick Saban has signed 37. So that's a great stat. That is where that is where the pro or a part of the problem lies. And he's been a head coach longer, right? Or about the same as well. No, this 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 is the same. This is the same period of time. I just went. Oh, same period of time. The the years that Lincoln. I also I feel like we're on like year three now of Andy saying I want to see Lincoln Riley get some D linemen. Uh huh. And now they did Anthony Lucas first round of the portal, and now Bear Alexander if they get him. Now there's no guarantee he's from Texas. Maybe I don't know. Maybe he goes home to Texas, and that's. You know, if you're if you want to play the SEC again as a junior, you could go to Texas or Oklahoma now and play in the Big 12 this year. But it doesn't sound like that's the the path here. Right. And he can't go to an SEC. I mean, he could go to an SEC school, but he have to sit out this sit, fall yeah. if he does that. Um, A&M was the runner up in that recruitment. Um, and, you know, like sometimes not to disparage him, but like sometimes you can see this coming a little bit when you study this stuff. When you've got a kid who's who's had decommitments in his recruitment, who's changed and high schools and stuff. High schools, there's, yeah. yeah, multiple high schools. There's there you kind of have I don't want to say red flags, but those can be indicators sometimes that um that these can be guys that 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 can move around a bit during their careers. And so still pretty surprising true freshman, a guy that probably is too deep um at the very least mm-hmm. for Georgia in twenty twenty three. And uh looks like um he's he's looking for the the right offer for his next school. But it's interesting because this feels more like Jordan Addison last year, where when that happened, we were like, oh, when does the dam break? Is everybody going to No, It doesn't seem like there's a lot more. Now, a lot of schools aren't done with spring practice, so we won't we won't know. But if you look at everybody else who entered the portal, whose teams were done, like Texas had some guys under the portal, guys that probably weren't going to play, going to try to find somewhere to play like that makes sense. We're not seeing a, a lot of this big time player who's expected to play a lot on really good team just up and leaving. Yeah. He had two sacks in the national title game. Or did I read that he had right? One in the title game. Yeah. One, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, now the backups like, played quite a bit in that game. Ari. It just, it hits different. <laughs> that though. may have been in the second quarter. We, we don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what, yeah. I guess if it was in the second half, it doesn't count. <laughs> Is that, uh, <laughs> it all counts. It's a natty baby. Uh, but when a really, really good player enters the portal or one that, Kind of, I don't know if I'd put him in the Jordan Addison category, but whenever you get somebody like this who could be a unique talent at a very important position, like it just hits different, doesn't it? It does. Um, <laughs> it, it, like if if ever a guy goes in the portal that Georgia maybe doesn't totally want to lose, I mean, I think they're okay. I, it, it does not seem like Barry yeah, Allen's going back to Georgia. They're not dying here, but I, right. I don't think they'd mind if he just said, "I'll stay." But yeah. it doesn't sound like that's going to happen. Yeah, anytime. I mean, we had this with Amarius Mims last year who went in the portal after his freshman year. He ended up going back to Georgia pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, it's whenever there's like a Georgia player, you're right, it does hit different. And and honestly, guys, um, when you look at the last three days here of the, the transfer window since it's opened up on, on Saturday morning, close to 200 FBS scholarship players have gone in. And you're right, Andy, it's, it's a lot of backups. Um, and um, a lot of like, as, as you kind of comb through the list and try to kind of, like, you know, we do our, our best available rankings, stuff like that. You're kind of just trying to find sleepers right now. You're kind of trying to find guys that maybe they're a G5 starter or something like that who just wants to move up because for the most part, um, the power five guys that are that are making moves other than Barry Alexander are guys that are unhappy in their situation probably because uh, yeah. playing time and role. So you mean guys like you're t- not not the playing time and role, but the guys that are group of five, maybe try to move up. 
people like Troy Everett, Appalachian State offensive lineman, who you wrote about on Monday in The Athletic. Troy understands supply and demand curves. <laughs> He's, Troy's <Yes>. smart. <laughs> yes. Um, that was one of the big things that stood out over the weekend was the number of um, G5 starting offensive linemen who hit the portal, who I have to I have to assume they've been paying attention and they know um, that if you if you can play a little bit and you have some size um, and you've got a few years of eligibility, you're going to get a lot of phone calls, just guaranteed, because people are looking for um, guys that can contribute. And and so, yeah, I talked to Troy Everett um, on Sunday after his insane day of going in. He truly didn't know. He's a kid from Roanoke, Virginia, you know, didn't really know where he'd get offers from. He didn't really line things up in advance. And so he got Virginia Tech first, and that felt great. His, his mom loved that. And then um, it just kept rolling from there with, you know, a, a bunch of power five offers. Oklahoma comes in Missouri, Illinois. Um, he's picked up a bunch more today. Um, you know, pretty cool to see these guys that, you know, he, he doesn't have a ton of experience. He's a guy that started six games last year at center for app state to start the season. Um, but as a redshirt freshman, um, guy that goes in and, and kind of bets on himself. And, uh, you know, as I said, usually with the offensive linemen, um, you're going to have some pretty good options here. Um, even from schools that, like Oklahoma called him and offered, they don't need a center, but they'll take him at guard because everybody just kind of at this point in the year, they, they'd like to have more. Yeah, it, it is the hardest thing to find. And we talked about this last year. Big people in the portal, hard to find. Offensive linemen, especially. Yeah. And grad transfers uh, at the offensive line, super hard to find. Yeah. But that is that is this group of people. If you play for a pretty good group of five program and you're starting as a young offensive lineman, there is a good chance that you could develop into a quality power five starter down the road. So, yeah, when you hop in and you see like in, in your story how quickly Troy Everett's phone just blew up. Yeah, it's fantastic. He, he told me his phone died three times on him over the course of the day. Um, and he just like he by the end of the day, he he passed out on his parents couch uh, for three hours, not not even trying to because it was just such an exhausting day of of all these phone calls and messages. And I, I don't know, guys, I think it'd be pretty fun to be on the receiving end of that. If, if you go in, I was just going to ask you guys, have you ever been in a situation where your phone blew up so much it died for any reason? Uh, yes, because <laughs> I got one and it's not what you think. The, I have one the, that's not what you think either. But what is the Jaden Rashada story mm. when I was driving home from Mobile covering the Senior Bowl? I had to talk to so many people for that story as we tried to nail everything down that even though my phone was plugged into my car, it still was one overheating and two draining its battery very quickly. Wow. wow. Yeah, mine mine is less glorious. It's um when I got laid off at ESPN, I got a lot of a lot of a lot of calls and texts that day. And oh, that was a yeah. weird you, you have that like weird kind of funeral thing on Twitter when those when those things happen. Very nice, very nice of people, yeah. but uh that is uh <laughs> it's it's a little different from the the kid hitting the portal. Yeah. Well, one time in college, somebody put my put an ad on Craigslist and said that they had 10 cases of beer and they were giving it away for free. But all they needed to do was that that per people would have to come pick it up from you. And they put my phone number there. This is one of your friends, I assume. I don't know who did it. <laughs> you think a friend or an enemy did that? I don't know yeah, who did it. Friend uh, to this day, I don't know. But all I know for sure is like we had people in Phoenix. So like, can I drive down from Tucson to get this stuff? 
And it was like so funny because like, there was like texts and calls coming in. And it's like, let me ask you guys, would you rather go buy? I guess that's $300, right? 10 that's a lot of, of beer. Yeah, it's a lot of beer, especially yep. if you're in college. And you're but broke. people were like trying to come down from far away to come get it. That's and I had maybe sh- not then, understanding the time value of money or the price of gas. Yeah. And at the time, I mean, it was 2008. So I don't know what it was like back then. I mean, 08 was probably a terrible financial year for a lot of people. Hey, it was a bad year. So, <laughs> yeah, so 10, 10 but, cases of beer for free. Sounds did, did pretty you ever for a minute think about procuring that to just make it go away, Ari? Uh, I don't even know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> I, that would be fun. Just go get to like 10, 10 cases of Natty Light and just stack them up. And be like, all right, come on. Yeah, you don't even know what type. If a person is willing to drive four hours to get it, I'm not sure that's the type of person I'd want. Like in I my, I think house. it'd be a grand experiment. Yeah. Like, remember when the I don't know if it's New York Times, the Washington Post stationed the I think it was Washington Post found a a world like a world renowned violin player playing like the oldest working Stradivarius in the world in a metro station to see what people would do. They put a camera on it to see who'd stop and would anybody even notice. And it was fascinating. So that would have been like, that would have been the experiment is you get 10 cases of Natty Light, you stack it up, and then every person who texted you, you say, here's where it is, and you put the camera on it and just see who shows up. Yeah, to, or you could like collect. do like a rat race type of thing too, and we can bet on oh, who yeah. gets through the fastest. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if it's what, anything like the Halloween of, Bowl of my house, worst movies, One of Seth hey, Green's yeah. worst movies. That movie is actually... There are moments in that movie that are really There are funny. moments. It's yes. not terrible. But the, the funniest part for me was the person in front of me narrating the movie who at one point when someone is about to siphon some gas for another person just screams out, he's going to steal gas. <laughs> that's all. That, that, there that's is the no most memorable thing for me in that movie. What the funniest part of that movie is. And now, it involves John Lovitz and it involves a Barbie museum. <laughs> and if you don't remember it, when you're now, done, search now, Rat now, Race Barbie Museum. Yeah, now, now I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah, All right. I haven't seen that one. We'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Max, I do want to ask you one more portal question before we move on to overreacting to spring games. So the Bear Alexander thing is interesting because it is a, a guy leaving a very good SEC school, probably the best at the moment SEC program that you've tried defending national champs. But do you think if the SEC did not have the rule that says if you want to go SEC to SEC and play this year, you got to be in the portal by February 1st. Do you think if they didn't have that rule, we'd see a lot more action right now? Yeah, I, th- I think so. Um, 
I'd be, it'd be interesting to go back and look and see. Actually, I could probably could pull that up. How many like SEC to SEC transfers there have been in this cycle? It's not a ton. I mean, there's a decent amount. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting rule that they let. And, and I don't, do you think that rule has a future, Andy? Like, do you think they'll actually stick with that? That you have to go in the portal by February first so to. They, uh, they actually kicked around repealing it last year because yeah. they they put it in place before before the last off season. And then in at the spring meetings in Destin last year, Georgia, uh, I'm sorry, Alabama brought up repealing it, and they kicked it around. And I think the coaches were probably in favor of repealing it. Well, it had like half in favor of repealing it, half, half not, and probably you know, devil on the shoulder, angel on the shoulder. Like you could go get guys from other schools, but you have to defend all your guys. I I, I think. Yeah. But who would, who would be it. in favor of it, and who would be against it in that scenario? Like the top of the food chain guys would want to be in favor of it, or would they not? I think the top of the like, food chain guys, yeah, you could because it, when it becomes clear post spring practice, if you're Alabama or Georgia, that there's somebody you can pluck from from Florida, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Tennessee, somebody like that, then yeah, I think I think you'd do it. No, I, I just think, think you're they, thinking about that backwards, Andy. I think well, that if you, no, I'm sure the, they would try to pillage the backups from those schools because they they would be because schools like that are far less likely to have big holes to fill than lower tier schools but they and they go, have a but lot they of go, really good players on their but bench. They'll go fill them from one of your really good players. But I just think the ADs looked at it last year and were like, listen, this is, I would rather play defense against 116 other FBS schools mm-hmm. than 13 other SEC schools. If that, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I, and I know part of this is just trying to encourage, can we get all this activity out of the way? And not do as much of this in the spring. Um, but here, okay, here's the number for you. Out of 250-ish SEC scholarship players in the portal in the cycle, mm-hmm. only 32 going to another SEC school. Okay. Now, of course, you're going to have some high-profile guys. Obviously, Drew Sanders was a big one last year. You had, you know, Arkansas guys going to LSU, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So the ones that do happen, they end up being kind of prominent um, yeah. because they're probably pretty good players. Um, and so well, you probably would Dom- see, Dominic like anecdotally, and, I think you probably would see more of those yeah. this spring. Yeah. Well, like Dominic but in the SEC, Lovett and Ra-Ra Ra-Ra have- Thomas going, going to Georgia. That's mm-hmm. one of Missouri's best Dominic receivers. And, yeah. And, going yeah, to, going and, to Georgia and, as well. And Mississippi State's best receiver, Ra-Ra Thomas, going to yeah. Georgia. So it you, you do see some of that. But then you've got, like, for example, Alabama had a backup offensive lineman and Kentucky had a backup offensive lineman who wound up in Florida, mm-hmm. which needed help on the offensive line. It's interesting because the SEC, I think, has the largest gap or the long, largest pathway from best and elite to worst in college football. Mm-hmm. And I think that, I mean, I guess that's kind of disparaging Vanderbilt a little bit. But like when you have Georgia and Alabama at the top and then certain teams that recruit like them for at least a few cycles like A&M and Florida has had its moments. Yeah. And then you start like looking at like Mizzou and some of the schools in that same like, is that the farthest gap between elite and seller of any conference in the Power Five? Well, but yeah, Alabama, Georgia, and Vanderbilt, yes. Uh, Mizzou actually, like, Drinkwitz has recruited pretty well of late. So yeah. Yeah. It, I, I, think, I think it's also interesting. I, I texted an SEC AD about this, and they pointed out that this is a rule for, I believe it's a rule for all their sports. And there are a lot of hyper-competitive, like, we think football is the most hyper competitive sport in the SEC, but men's and women's basketball very competitive from a transfer market standpoint. And then, just in terms of competition mm-hmm. and how many teams are good nationally, softball, baseball, gymnastics significantly more 
competitive in the SEC than, than any other league. So I'm looking at this list of SEC transfers, SEC to SEC. Yeah. Interesting trend this, this offseason. Um, lo- if you look at just the guys that are five stars or top 100 recruits that are transferring, they're all freshmen pretty much. Ton of, ton of young guys switching teams within the league. Obviously, Walker Howard going to mm-hmm. Ole Miss. You've got, um, you know, a couple of those, you know, Denver Harris, Chris Marshall leaving AM, right. obviously, for those circumstances. Um, Aaron Anderson going say, from Bamba to LSU. Not voluntarily leaving AM, right, not right, having an right. option to return. Uh, Justin Rogers going Kentucky to Auburn's a, a really interesting one. Um, you know, it, so probably the answer to that, Andy, was that, is that, yeah, you're not going to like be able to poach like a bunch of starters maybe off other teams within the league, but that fight over young guys. And, and these are not guys that like didn't play this year. Sometimes it's guys that did play, but you know, it's still the recruitment's still pretty fresh and uh, you know, oh. they go through stuff freshman year and you can kind of get in their ear a little bit. So there probably would be a lot of that going on right now if they could. Matthew in the chat, bringing up our guys, uh, Rylan Gody and Tate Ratledge's podcast where they, they, I guess on the episode with Matt Luke, they talked, they talk about Bear Alexander, not being Bear Alexander, not being particularly well liked. Uh, so uh, the Rylan Gody, the, one half of that podcast who we interviewed at, at media day for the national title game. He is an sec dance sec transfer. He's going to Mississippi state, but he's finishing mm-hmm. this semester at Georgia, getting his degree and going and, and with his, his bride, his fiance, who will be his wife by the time they start playing for Mississippi state. She's a volleyball player. So yeah, it's a, uh, we're going to have them on, by the way, I've texted with Ryan about that. We we're going to have the, uh, the sec transfer portal power couple join us and explain how all of that works, but <laughs> it's a uh, it, it is very interesting to me because this is one of those I thought maybe the second time around in the spring it would be a little or post spring it would be a little more action and maybe maybe we haven't seen all of it because there's still some schools having spring practice right now. But I don't know about you, Max. I, I get the feeling it's not going to be super heavy. And that's where you get into, from like a talent evaluation standpoint, you get into a tough spot at some of these schools because um, the, some of these players that are going in now and getting a lot of offers because, you know, these teams just have a need they need to fill. You look at some of them and you're like, would you have taken that guy in December? Like, probably not. You know, like it kind of drives home the point of how important uh, important the December it's, and January period is. It's 2 a.m. at the bar, baby. That's right. what it is. Totally. It's 2 a.m. at the bar. You really have to nail those I'm not disparaging one group or the other. Everybody at 2 a.m. at the bar feels the same way. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and that's the 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 rude way to put that is sometimes they're just looking to take bodies, right? And that's that's not nice wow. to say, yeah. but that's <laughs> um what the at 2 a.m. at the bar or the the program no, the football yeah. coaches, not okay. the people yes. at the bar. Yeah. The answer to that question is yes, Max. <laughs> All right, guys. Where do we want to start? Austin or Athens? Because I feel like in both cases, we watched a QB1 declare to the world. You probably already knew this, but I'm QB1. So where, where do you want to start? Well, how about this? I Can, we, can we start with Austin. RG3's tweet that I sent you guys? Yeah, go ahead. But I was in Austin, coincidentally enough, for the Elite 11 regional down there. And I got a lot of people tweeting at me about Arch Manning just randomly like seeking me out and saying, what do you got to say now, pal? And it's like, I don't understand what I've like, what caused that, you think? Like, am I like, do, am I viewed as like the Arch Manning? I think I was very tempered about his. I think if you, if anyone's going to make fun of me, like I was all in on Quinn. Like Quinn was my yeah, guy. You, like you I don't never think said I acted Ar- like that with Arch. Yeah. You never but said it's like, the, so if his what last you, name was Smith thing. Like yeah, that, that was Are people you. making fun of me 
for thinking five star quarterbacks are good? Like I, I don't understand what's what's going on. Maybe, is it like Ralph you've, come out, you've never come out and said like you think Arch is like the best of a decade no, or something, no, right? No, 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 no. Yeah, that's why I was I was kind of confused by that. Um did you guys so, see the the supercut of his his throws from the weekend that I someone did. tweeted? I, I did. He, he wouldn't play it down at Alabama. That yet Georgia wanted him really badly. So I, I just I don't guys, he's come been on. in college for three months. He's lost his ID a couple times. He's had one spring practice. Let's let's calm down. It's okay. But as we've been telling you all spring, Quinn Ewers is the quarterback at Texas for this year, or at least they're planning on him being. And if he's healthy, he will be the starter. Quinn Ewers looked fine. He looked very good. Mm-hmm. He's got some weapons. A.D. Mitchell, who came over from Georgia, what a catch. That was That was very pretty. It's enough to get you a little excited about Texas, but again... I am so close to diving right back into that pool right now. I know. All right, here, know here's the are. RG3 tweet. He he was on the broadcast on Saturday. Just called the Texas spring game, and Sark has this team ready to win a Big 12 championship and contend for a national championship. Did you... Uh, drank, that I, uh, cool, drank that burnt orange Kool-Aid. My uh, my gift back. I don't know if we can describe it, but uh, that... <laughs> Please try to. It was a good gift. Was it Leslie it was Chow? A, uh, it was it, it no, was it Florida it was a, defensive coordinator Austin Armstrong pulling a Leslie was, Chow after the spring game? It was a little duck with a credit card in its beak pushing <laughs> I think up sugar or, <laughs> yes. sugar or baking soda or, or cocaine. I don't know which one it was across the table. That's right. How so here's the thing. Uh we I am working on a very big data-driven story with Dave Ubbin and Mitch Light, and I don't know how much you two know about it, but basically, mm-hmm. don't want to give it all away. But we found some pretty revelatory things about Texas. I don't know if it's revelatory. We might have been able to assume it or know it, but there's data that makes your head roll off the side of your head. Um, And I'm going to write a column about Texas, and I might need to ask you some questions, Max, and I know Sam's going to help me out a little bit about it. But, buddy, it's ugly. Um, And it's just like everybody can over... over, think this Arch Manning, Quinn Ewers thing. And I don't know if the world's even ready for Quinn Ewers to be a badass. Cause like, I think that's completely on the table for him to come out this year and be one of the better players yep. at his position in the sport. Um, but there are some very big red flags that we knew existed, but mm-hmm. I never saw the data until we looked it up. It took us 40 hours of manpower to look all these numbers up. And wow, I think people excited. are going to go I can't crazy wait to see this story. Uh, when they see some of the numbers that we found. So I'll, I'll again, just add to that, too. Um, I'm, I'm in the process of doing our 2019 recruiting class re-ranks here. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I've gone through 70 classes for that one. Um, Texas had the number three class in the country that year, um, highlighted by Brew McCoy. And uh, that class is Tennessee's uh, Brew McCoy. Tennessee's ten- USC's and, and Texas's and USC's and Tennessee's Brew McCoy. Yes. OK. Um <laughs> that class finished 69th out of 70 in the re-rank. Nice. Wow. That's it's, it's all kind of the same ideal. idea. It's not yeah, ideal. Yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm trying to tease it because Wait, so you're saying development may be an option for the the, the program that doesn't Ari is turning graphics. into a development matters guy. It's it's incredible. Oh day by day. Right before her eyes, our boys growing up. I mean, I know development matters. Yeah. Uh let's just say that the data is a stark revelation of we all knew that they had some development issues, but it's a stark revelation of how bad it's been. Um, so like to me, it's like everybody thinks that 
you know, Quinn Ewers or Arch Manning's going to come in on a white horse and follow and he'll follow me to freedom, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I think that there are some deeper issues that, you know, Sark might be able to solve. And I think part of the reason why they've been so poor at development is because of the turnover they've had at coaching there. Um, you know, and that's part of the, you know, story a little bit, but you know, when they get good players, uh, their rosters are stacked, and that's why you fall in love, or I fall in love. Continually please don't with mess what up Kelvin Banks because Kelvin Banks is awesome. So please don't mess him up. That's all there's that's, a lot of there's that? been a lot of <laughs> please messing up. We, we are we are yeah. right back into it. We are just recycling the narrative on this one because we are right back into it. we're in year three. They've got a a lot of very exciting young players, and now it's time for like ex, real expectations to be applied to it and. uh that uh, the last two head coaches that didn't that didn't go so well. Yeah. Well, also too, like they've done a pretty good job of bringing in some nice talent on the portal. So like True. the idea or the thought, I think like why RG three and I've never met the man, but might have tweeted that is because Sark has seemingly done a very good job of flipping the roster so far. Right. Just like, like, to get excited yeah. about just about every team th- whose game he calls though. I will say, but. That. We no, will no, say I, I like Texas I like RG three as a broadcaster, but he does get very excited when somebody when you plays well in the game. He's broadcasting. When you look at Texas's roster, though, that is a Max save me. Okay, I mean, I don't know if I'm going <laughs> to. Oh, is that no. a Big Ten, a Big Twelve champion roster? <laughs> Ari is hiding <laughs> underneath his desk in case you're in case you're wondering. I think um, it is. <laughs> It's so up for grabs this year, honestly. You go, you just go through the whole league there, and even the teams that were at the bottom of the league last year, you feel like they're probably going to be better, you know. And so Texas Tech's going to be awesome this year. Yep. Also, yep. four new programs coming in. That's yeah. right, and that's a, just a complete wild card. And all this stuff is I, I, the the schools within the Big Twelve don't know what those guys are bringing to the table too. Well, so, and, and and so Oklahoma State every single a, team in the league is going to probably go five and four or four and five this year. Yeah, That's Oklahoma State had a left <laughs> tackle go in the portal and he wound up at BYU and it took multiple seconds for it to register that, wait, he transferred in conference. Well, Andy, this guy, that guy, uh, Caleb Etienne is uh, uh, six, seven, three twenty five. So I think you probably would have taken him out of the portal too. Well, it fits right in at BYU and yeah. lots of pizza buffets there in Provo. That, lots that, of pizza buffets. That conference um, really does seem like it's closer than every other conference, right? It's always been that it way is. with the Big 12. Like, that's why the spread for every yep. game is three. Yeah. Well, uh, except when Oklahoma know, was completely dominating it. But yes, right now, now, there is the possibility, I'm going to throw out there, that Oklahoma just becomes Oklahoma again. Yeah, like Jackson Arnold actually does come in on that white horse. Or Brent Venable's players learn his defense and, and actually execute it. The, the, those are those are the things if you are a Big 12 team this year, this year. Yeah. If you, you look at Texas, about. though, and you look at the Big 12, they should win the conference. But probably what will happen Sorry, is like UCF will win the, the Big 12 again. and we'll just be like, oh, didn't know they were that good. There you go. Texas, Texas right now, this roster should be yep. very competitive in the Big 12. Should. Should now, there's a, the flip. The Stop getting under your desk. <laughs> The flip side of that, the flip side of that is there could be consequences if you don't compete. Because guess where you're going next? A place where it's a lot harder. Do you think, okay, based on their average recruiting class ranking, Ari, should Texas be in the 12-team playoff every year? Yeah. 
I mean, they should. They should be in the four-team field every year when you look at the rankings and the conference that they've been in. Um, listen, I'm looking at that offensive line, which should be awesome, mm-hmm. right? Should be better. I'm yeah. looking at the quarterback, who should be awesome. Receiving core should <laughs> be very good. I'm looking at the good. receiving core that should be awesome. It's a nice receiving core. That's I'm looking at a freshman running back yep. that should be awesome. Mm-hmm. I don't see a lot of holes in the offense. Now, the defense, you know, right. you, you might might save me a little bit, but I think, like Andy said, this is a team that probably could score in the upper 30s or 40s. Right, and, and defensively, they, they're probably not dominant along the line, which is a problem in the lead they're going to. Not necessarily Unless they get Bear lead. Alexander, I'm making up that rumor right now. <laughs> there you go. They just Ace got Phil Carter uh, on Tuesday from yep. uh, or Monday from here uh, from Minnesota. Um, yep. They've got some good players coming back up front. So Jalen Catalan, who missed all last season at Arkansas, who was a very good player before his injury at Arkansas. Mm-hmm. So uh, at safety. So by the way, was, I assume you guys caught a little bit of that spring game. The guy yeah. I would be tampering with right now is Malik Murphy. Yeah, that kid can Dude, play. Dude, I'm so happy that you said that, man, because I went and I at the Elite 11 finals in L.A. Was it two years ago now? And I saw him and he was huge. And then I went to the Elite 11 regional in Austin. And he walked by me, like to get down onto the field because he's in Austin, and he, you know, they guys that have participated in that event. That dude is huge. Mm-hmm. Like that guy's body. Like I mean, that's that was the whole deal with him, right? Like huge canvas yeah. to paint on, looks, incredible looks body, like all Anthony the tools. Richardson in terms, yeah. dude. Of, if that guy figures in it fact, out, they, they prioritized him over Jalen Milrow when they yeah. got there. Basically, yeah. I mean, I was. Sam and I was walking with Sam Khan and I like almost tripped. I was like the way that that guy's, I mean, he got taller, I think too taller and large. I mean, that is a mountain of a man. Well, he can sling it. It looks like throw to Jonte cook was, was pretty impressive. I think that was a big moment for him. And it, maybe it takes some of the pressure off arch that like, you know, doesn't have to be that great this year. Cause they've got some depth. We'll see. But what if Malik wants to start? Like what if somebody says Malik, you can, you can come start here. I mean, we saw Quinn Ewers get hurt in what game two, game three last year. So yeah, that's true. Be an interesting I mean, he dilemma, will start, but I would guess he's going to start for be somebody else right before he his career's over, right? What's that? He'll probably he start somewhere Texas. else <laughs> unless he starts at Texas. I guess. Yeah, I mean, I guess, is it within the realm of possibility that Quinn goes out goes out Heisman finalist this year, bolts, and then Malik Murphy wins the job next year? Could you imagine that? Look, just because if Malik Arch Murphy wins the job Arch next Manning year, it's because he's mean, awesome. Then, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's yeah. a good problem no, to have. If, if he gets no, beat he's out, awesome. He gets beat yeah, out. yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, like, when you think about like the Texas fans who were very, uh, they held that plan close together or to their chest. You know, it's like, you know, we got we got Quinn one more year. He's going to be awesome, and then Arch. Here we go. Like, I think that. Listen. I don't know how good he is. Like I just saw him and per- like I stood next to him and I was just blown away by what he looked like. And I don't know if that translates into beating Arch Manning in a head to head job. I think well, maybe we're five, 10 steps down the road here on that. I was just blown away by his physical transformation. Well, we, we will have to see what happens with him. This is he's, he's from Southern California. This is a good year for the pack. If you're Texas, this is a great year for the pack 12 to be loaded with quarterbacks. So you don't have to worry about all of those schools going, hey, you want to come home? We'll be right back after these words. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Let's move on to another quarterback competition. Well, they say it's a quarterback competition, but if Carson Beck looked at other practices like he looked during Georgia's spring game, they're pretending this is a competition because it's over. Like, he looked incredible. And yes, he's playing with the ones, but he's playing against the ones. And Georgia's defense was not full strength, but probably enough talent to make the playoff on that defense as it was playing on Saturday. And he sliced and diced them. He looked incredible. I, I know we like doing in the summer, we we do that Heisman draft, which always yeah. goes poorly. Ultimately. Yes. Um, you always seem to do pretty well though. Yeah. You, you I love texting well. with you during it. Cause we feel like we're the only ones that actually have a strategy during it. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I really take it seriously. Uh, we really do. I never, I, I'm bad at it though. It turns out that I'm, well, no, I had Bryce young this year. So I had a point like most people don't even score a point. So like I, I scored, but also too, I'm not smart for drafting Bryce Young. So it's like, you know, you don't get, you don't get credit for, for getting the the right draft to get Bryce Young. Yeah. Yeah, If things had broken just slightly differently, I was going to have a good, a good one. Cause I had Hendon Hooker and Drake may, and you took Uh, Anthony Richardson and I had Anthony Richardson. So, you know, if, if it's, People who will ultimately be chosen in the first round, I feel pretty good about it because at least two of them are. So well, I was, I was going to say, as the guy who um, horrifically reached for Jamie Newman one year in our uh, oh, Heisman yeah. draft, uh, <laughs> then he didn't play. It. Um, tough, tough DNP on that one uh, for my first round pick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> are, we're, one of us is like definitely reaching for Carson Beck in that that draft this summer, right? I don't think it's a reach though. Look no, at who like, he's playing like, Is he a first with? round guy in the Heisman draft? He might be a first round guy in the actual NFL draft. If he, might be so. he, I think I, mean, I think he probably is because it's just so much of the Heisman is circumstance of where you are, too. So it's like if you're trying to score points now, this year, when we do it, though, we have to do a recap. We didn't do a recap. But but the thing about yeah, the thing about Carson Beck, just I mean, look at who he's playing with. His his receivers are better than they have been deeper than they have been healthier 
than, than the Georgia receivers were for Stetson Bennett. And then you lose Darnell Washington, but Oscar Delps a year older. And, and you saw them, they were playing, they are playing Brock Bowers and Oscar Delp together. Now it looks like maybe it's going to be a little more spread out because Washington, you were going to attach to the line of, you know, attach to an offensive tackle and do a lot of things with him in the run game. You spread this out a little more. You can throw a little, little differently. The other thing is Lawson Lucky, the the young tight end, looks like he could be really good too. So, I mean, that they got plenty of targets for Beck to throw to, and he looked confident and poised and had a big arm, and he's 6'4", 215, 220, something like that. You, so You didn't even mention, here, lukewarm take for you here, I think Brock Bowers might be a first-round pick next year. You think? You think so, doctor? Yeah, exactly. I think that guy'll help. Yeah, exactly. And we'll see what happens with the backs, but the Georgia's that's a, that's a, there's always money in the banana stand situation. Like they, they've mm-hmm. got backs at yeah. Georgia and the defense will be able to put, give you the ball in some advantageous situations. I mean, it is everything that Stetson Bennett took advantage of in terms of, of the, the talent around him. Beck is going to have all of that and, and maybe more. So, and it, I, I just, again, I'm pretty sure he looks like this in most practices. I don't think it's really close. And, and as we and as we discussed, like if you're Brock Vandegrift, there's there's schools like Florida and Auburn that could use a guy right now, but you can't transfer within the conference. So it's nope. it, it's a, a little bit of a dilemma there in terms of how do you move forward here, or do you stay if you're Brock Vandegrift and you are the backup, and if if there's an injury, then you can. But are you the backup? You know, at at some point in preseason camp does Gunnar Stockton overtake because they all look pre- like Vandergriff mm-hmm. and Stockton both look pretty good right like Beck just looked off the charts Real good. good yeah so it that that's the part I mean Georgia looks we, we know we've talked about their schedule they were going to play Oklahoma that got scrubbed because one of the games would have been a non-conference game one of the games would have been a conference game their schedule's not hard like they're not really going to get challenged much. This team could be, you know, on, on route to a three peat. We'll see. I mean, the thing is you're going to hit somebody hard in the sec championship game, somebody hard in the, in the semi. So we'll, we'll see exactly where they are, but I, I'm not worried about the torch being passed from Stetson Bennett to his successor. Cause that, that seems to be going very well. Ari, how'd you uh, how'd you enjoy the Drew Aller show in State College? How what is the because uh, I saw people were debating like talking about spring is overreact like how how should we like like what the t- what should the tone be of that like you think I overdid it with Carson Beck because I saw one practice and again he could have looked not like that for the other fourteen I'm pretty sure that he is like that. But even if he didn't, gamer. (laughs) Right. Lights were on. It looked good. (laughs) Yeah. uh, But no, uh, typically the spring games, uh, you shouldn't take much from them because it is is one practice. And look, if I were a head coach, I would set up my spring games so my offense just torch my defense because that makes fans happy. It it shuts up the complaints for a few months. Like Like Florida's defense, if you watch Florida's spring game last Thursday, Defense came out like gangbusters. They were they were getting in, you know, getting past the offensive line. And then in Florida had some injuries, like starting center wasn't playing, and the, all their tight ends are hurt. So like the, the quarterbacks were running for their lives for an, for the first quarter. I would not 
do that. Like they were they were blitzing. Like I would not do that. I would run like because a very like- vanilla based defense and let my offense torch them so that the fans would shut up and be happy. There's a correlation between exciting offensive output and positive sentiment, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Drew Aller looked kind of like I would have expected him to look. He had his moments, you know, both good and bad. Uh, you know, I think he maybe he would have looked better if he played all of last year. <laughs> Ari's just to spend the whole show <laughs> under the desk. What? Oh, my God. I did that Ra- for you, Ralph. Ralph. Russo's calling in right now to respond he to is. <laughs> Ralph never watches live. He's usually five episodes behind. Yeah, he, he texts us he texted, about episodes He texted the other day, and he's like, man, those ago. ass yeah. con rankings really fell flat after the first two minutes. So I was like, yeah, yeah I, I know. Yeah, I we know. should probably just uh, you know, keep we that cut it off. to two or three minutes. But yeah, yeah we, that, uh, yeah. Um, what did you think about I, Drew Aller? He, he looked fine. <laughs> but again, that's, that's one of those Are like... Are you supposed that, to look like Joe Montana out there? Well, Carson Beck did. But that's again. Well, he plays for Georgia. And that's probably wrong. that's probably me overreacting to Carson Beck more than anything else. But what do you think? Like, let's break that down though, for real. Like, not just a, a person, but the idea. Like, what do you think that the tone should be off of looking good in a spring game? Because I think that it's okay to get excited. I think it's okay to really, you know, overreact. I guess. But you know, if you if you saw somebody come out and make some throws or make some plays that you were uncertain about or in a quarterback yeah. competition. I think it's okay to say, hey, you know what? I've never seen this before. Everything I've read are observations on a message board and, you know, hearsay. And I got to see with my own two eyes that this guy can spit it. Like, I, why, I do, what's wrong with getting excited? I, about I do that? feel like there's certain things like poise and arm strength and, and things that, that you can see from a limited sample size. And th- that always helps. Now, some other things, how you're going to deal with the dirty pocket how you're going to deal with with some certain game situations, you're not going to see those in a spring game. So you just won't, you just don't know what you're dealing with. And you also, again, don't always know who they're playing with. You know, did, did they mix some, some teams just mix it up where you're like right. half ones and half twos on each team. That's very different. Like the way Georgia did it, it was kind of easy to figure out what was going on. It was ones versus ones. And you're like, okay, he's torching Georgia's starting defense. I know that means that's really good. Even if it, even if they were playing vanilla, I think you just don't want to see a bunch of bad, right? Turnovers, right? You, right. Slow to make throws, stuff like that. Like, or, I think or an it, inability to operate the offense. Like, right. get, Can't can't get it. Everybody lined up. Can't get the motion, you know, started at the right time. That stuff you, right. you don't yeah. want. Yeah. All right. Well, play calling wise, they're never going to show you anything special either. Yeah. Speaking of play calling, or rather, someone who's not calling plays, uh, we did. <laughs> very famously break down Jimbo Fisher's first spring practice press conference. So it's only fair we break down the last one because Ari sent me a a text on Monday with a a transcript, essentially, of of something Jimbo Fisher said. And I'm like, whoa, that's bad. Yeah. And in fairness, I sent it to you before I watched the video. Right. And then we both watched. I read it first. Yeah. Yeah. Then we both watched the video and we were like, Oh, uh, yeah. that makes a lot. You know more what it sense. reminded me of? What's that? I don't know if it's just me, but I, I, uh, I've been listening to a book on tape about some serial killer in Alaska the last few days. Of course, you have. So I don't know if that is the reason. Um, but like, you know, well, what's special about they, this one? About the serial killer? Yeah. What's special about this one? Yeah. 
It was just, uh, he used a plane to dispose of his victims. Mm. And it was in Alaska, which I think is crazy. Um, I don't know. I just, when I type in like on Audible book on tape, I just do grotesque serial killer. And then I see which ones have, I don't know why I like that stuff, but I'm not alone. True crime is a very popular podcast, but I, you know, I have a messed up mind. You know, you guys always make fun of me of like, get into the messed up mind of Ari. Like I am genuinely fascinated by people who are just so awful that they are like not people. And like what drives people to do things like that? Cause I, you know, I'm, I'm here about to defend Jimbo Fisher and you've, <laughs> you're going into awful people. And I, I think people no, are going to, no. to think we're Don't trying to it. draw a connection no, no, here. No. The thing that okay. I remind the, the thing that happened today, not anything to do with Jimbo, but reading, it always like reminds me of like, if there's a phone call that's, that's dubbed or, mm. you know, you know, in court when they have to read out a transcript of what somebody said, Yes, like how much context of like the tone inflection and the matters. feel and the inflection and the eye, you know, the winks and the the gestures. Like if you get the wrong transcript, like reading it could really be bad for you. So well, okay, here's a lesson, well, I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read you. Transcript doesn't always say it all. I'm gonna yeah. read you the transcript, and then I'm gonna play you the the sound and, and let you watch the video if you're if you're watching on the YouTube stream. So here we go. This is this is Jimbo Fisher. Brent Zwerneman from the Houston Chronicle has been called on to ask a question. If it's the last question, be a good question. I don't need no Houston Chronicle questions. I need a Texags question, a good question. Sports Illustrated is just as bad. Sports Illustrated, that ain't a good one either now. That ain't a good one either. Used to be the gold standard. Dad gum. Y'all give me flack and I can't give you flack? Y'all can't take it. That got personal. That sounds bad. Like It does. does. That sounds yes. nasty. <laughs> Especially now, if you work there. Yeah. Want to hear what he actually said? Here you go. All right, Brent, you'll wrap us up. How much does a guy like Bryce... Good, if it's the last question, it's going to be a good question. Don't be, don't, I don't need, I don't yeah, need, I, I, listen, I don't need no Houston Chronicle question. Give, give, him, give him a question. Give, give, give him a Texas question. It's a better question, all right? I don't need no Houston Chronicle. Right. I need a Texas question. Good question. Let me question. ask you about a guy who didn't, who you would like to have had for 30... Bryce Sports Foster. Illustrated is just as bad. Sports Illustrated, that, that ain't a good one either now. That ain't a good one either. That used to be, that used to be the golden standard. Daggum. Bryce Foster. That used to be the golden state. Yeah, wait a minute. Y'all give me flack. I can't give you flack. That go. Y'all get. Y'all can't take it. Look at it. They get personal. Look at that. All right. So what's wrong with that side? Then? All right. What you got? All right. Bryce Foster. How much? If you saw the video on the YouTube stream, he winks three times during this delivery. He's laughing by the end of it. There is no animosity intended here. Clearly, like he is messing with Brent Zwerneman. But you know what they always say. That there's always some truth to the person who's telling a joke and how they feel. Well, I mean, obviously he thinks because I left Sports Illustrated that it is uh, not That's the precisely same. precisely what I was getting at. No, <laughs> that, Andy? that must be it. <laughs> that has to be it. I'll never forget, guys. I, I think I said this on the podcast, but when Andy and I went to Tuscaloosa. Have you been in the press box in Tuscaloosa, Max? Never been. Well, they've done this really cool thing where they have taken this. Uh, I don't know how they take. You know, in football facilities, when they have these glossy, like bright pictures mm -hmm. that are like really well done, it's almost yep. like there's a filter on it. They did that with Sports Illustrated magazines down the entire hallway. And it was all of like all their national championship runs and stuff. And like we were walking by it to get to our seat, me and Andy. And it's just we were looking. I was looking at the left and I was to the left closer to the wall where they were hanging on. It said by Andy Staples. And then the next one was by Andy Staples. The next one was by Andy Staples. Like, God, 
That isn't, I was like, that is really impressive. And I feel like if I ever were on the the cover of, of Sports Illustrated the way Andy was, like I would do that in my bedroom or something. Like I, that, those would be in my house. I have, have some ever, in my house. You, you should, I know, but are they like blown up like that? Yeah, I have them on canvas. So I That's have, cool. I have, I That's have cool. two. Um, one is when I had the entire Wisconsin offensive line on the season preview issue because it's the first time a full offensive line had ever been on the cover of Sports Illustrated, and I, I worked for which months is a statistic only happen. you have kept, and I, and like, I Wisconsin I was it. happy to do it. They were super cool about it, but I was, I had to kind of cajole and beg and and like, please let us put. I wanted to do because we did regional covers for the. For the season preview issue. So I wanted to do a year of all linemen. So there was a Wisconsin offensive line cover. There was an Ed Oliver cover. There was a Clemson D-line cover. I'm trying to think. And then, but then they threw in an era. Who was the quarterback at Arizona that year? The guy. Who, there was definitely a Khalil Tate cover. I Khalil that. Tate. That's who it was. Yeah. yeah. And and I was like, why are you putting the Khalil Tate cover in there? This is supposed to be all big guys. Like, it's just <laughs> supposed to be big guys. And he was and you jinxed him. It's crazy. But uh, well, and I had written the other three stories. That <laughs> yeah. was that was the other part of it. Is so Ross Dellinger wrote the, the Khalil Tate story. So, but it. So the other one I have is the story. I, I did a just kind of a one of those whip around stories off the first week of the 2018 season, and I remember asking that because I was in Atlanta covering Auburn Washington. And this is when Appalachian State almost beat Penn State in Happy Valley. And Penn State won in overtime. And I remember Trace McSorley making, and actually I, I, I talked to Trace McSorley and James Franklin on the phone after the game. And I asked Trace McSorley about going out there and, for the coin toss. And he deliberately made them play into the student section, which the Penn State student section takes up an entire end zone. And... So when the editor was asking me what kind of photo they should pick, I wanted, I said, pick something looking into the student section at, in overtime. And they picked this really cool one of Miles Sanders crossing the goal line for the game-winning touchdown. And there's all these kids with their shirts off and they're, they're, they're painted and they're, they have the word, letters written on their stomachs. And he's like tossing the ball back after, after he scores. And it just says, it's lit. So, yeah, that's one. I, I just love that photo. Like, that's that's one of my favorites. It, it's I'm funny because up here. that's a cool. That's a really cool photo. Like yeah. I always say, they didn't call they don't call it sports words like the, the photos are, are as important or more important. And like one, the first national title game story I did was off the Florida State Auburn game when Kelvin Benjamin catches the ball in the back of the end zone against Chris Davis, the, the kick six guy. Robert Beck's the name of the guy who took the photo. It was incredible. Like it is such a beautiful shot. Benjamin is fully extended, just catching the ball. You see, you know, poor Davis has no chance. You can see the the lineman watching the ball get caught. Like I just, I, I, I am very much a geek for those photos, and so that's I, I always think about those more than anything else. So I halftime, I don't remember the stories. I just remember the photos. Like uh, we did Lamar Jackson. Remember they destroyed Florida State in 2016, the, the year yeah. he won the Heisman. Yeah, yeah. You had and so I was at one. I was at Alabama Ole Miss. Yeah, the, that day. And so I called Louisville. I'm like, hey, listen, if you can get me some time with Lamar tomorrow, I think he's going to be on the cover of Sports Illustrated on Wednesday. And so they did. 
the photo they chose, I, I've never seen a person's ankle flex like this. And it's it's Lamar cutting against Florida State. And you're just like, how, how did he do that? And the, the headline was, what just happened? So it's great. I, that, Has there ever been a more, will there ever be in journalism uh, as a sports writer, a bigger power move than saying it's going to be on the cover of Sports Illustrated next week? Like, will you ever have that, that type was, of That pa- was a big like, old flex. I don't really know how an SID would even have a choice if what's, you called them and said that. What's funny is you didn't, they, they did not let you promise that very often. I was allowed okay. to promise it once and the person said no. What? Deshaun Watson pre-draft story. Now, Deshaun had been on a, a few covers already at Clemson, but hmm. that was the only time they allowed me to promise it. Have the you ever other thought about it, taking one of your favorite Sports Illustrated magazines and just getting it a whole back tat? <laughs> no thank you no no, Andy, no. I'm, i pulled up this september 2018 penn state cover the it's yeah. lit cover Tre- yes. tremendous there's a great gem in the corner here jt um, daniels is how old the frosh faces jt daniels <laughs> is how old i got i got on the editors for that because i'm like you know he did the quarterback redshirt thing and they're like what's the quarterback redshirt i was like well he reclassified but he was already a year old for his grade, so all he did was just go to college with the people he should have gone to college with anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so, but and now today yeah, we're not. still saying JT Daniels. How old is he? You know. Yeah, that's right. I think we that, I think we have a big JT Daniels story coming up in the next week. So, well, it's funny I, you mentioned. I've I've heard about that. Yes, I believe yeah. uh, Sam Sam Con Jr. Mm. is uh, yes. has been working mm. on something. This is the promotional, the athletic promotional pod right now. We're we're oh, just teasing I want, everything. I wanted to add to Ari. Um, <laughs> There, it, it, it Nebraska's press box. They also post the uh, Sports Illustrated covers they've had. The, my alma mater has not had a Sports Illustrated cover in quite a while. It's it's been some time. It's been some time. Wait, Andy you know, was I, it pre was it was it pre Andy days? No, they pro- they had some while I was there. Now it might I I don't I didn't write any of them, uh, but I they did have a few probably season preview type things. We did those mm-hmm. Sports Illustrated presents. Uh, preview magazines. The the most famous one is the 2009 issues where that was when Lane Kiffin was the head coach at Tennessee. And we had the, the picture of, of Lane like putting his sunglasses down over his face. And there's a Saban one and an Urban one. I forget who the fourth one was. There was a fourth SEC one too. Maybe it was Houston Nutt. Was that the year we were severely overrating Ole Miss or was that the year before? No, it, was, it, that, it must have been Houston Nutt because we thought Ole Miss was going to be great that year. And then they went to South Carolina on a Thursday night and and the Gamecocks fans discovered the song Sandstorm by Darude like nine years after it had been popular. And now it's the song they play about for, for everything. Sorry, I'm distracted because a five star just went in the portal. Oh, yeah. who is it? Who we got? Who we got? It's a name you've heard of, Andy Staples. Arch Manning. <laughs> Give me it. Savelle Smalls is going in the portal. Woo! Hopefully nobody what, do we runs take foul uh, on that recruitment. Now that's interesting because he is. Yeah. Nobody got in trouble with that. Recru- oh wait, no, uh, lots of co- That was the one where the coach did the sting operation yes. and got Jimbo Fisher and Dan Mullen. Now Savelle Smalls was playing for Washington and is from Seattle. Mm-hmm. So I should add, yeah, jun- junior, uh, edge rusher for, for Washington. Um, Played a little bit last year. Um, looking for a change of scenery. 
Yeah, I, keep your head on a swivel. He had not. He had not turned into a dominant force at Washington. They've got they've got some good edge rushers, but so all right, guys. I uh, neglected to give you our trivia category before the show, but I did text it to you because in honor of Bear Alexander, we're going to do uh, groups of animals, names of groups of animals, which is one of my favorite things. I was I was going over some of these with my daughter the other day as we drove to school, and she just. She refused to believe me that that some of these are real, but they are very much real. So I can start. If, How, if what you are you going to give us the animal, or are you going to give us the name? I could. You could do either. You can give the animal, and then we guess the name of the group, or we guess, or, or you give the name of the group of these animals, and we guess the animal. Uh, either one. I think. Okay. I, I might be kind of good at this one. All right. A crash. What animal huddles in a crash? Hmm. I don't know. I shouldn't have said I'm going to be kind of good. Do we, do we get hints on this question. or no? It's a big one. Big man. Large mammal. Scary looking. It Rhinoceros. Rhinos? Almost. Yeah. Okay. Crash. So... All right, a quiver. What animal gathers in a quiver? Is it a bird? It is not. It's a reptile. Specific kind of reptile. We have. Ari said he's going to be really good at this, so I'm going to defer to Ari. I came in cocky, and like I couldn't even. I couldn't. We're not even. (laughs) There's one that I that I know that's really funny, and it's. All right, go for it. Uh, No guesses on the quiver. Quiver of cobras. Well, a quiver is where you keep arrows mm-hmm. in a in you know if you're in Robin Hood. But yeah, a quiver like, of cobras. Cobras. Yeah. So hit so hit me with your favorites. Okay, what is a murder? Crows. Crows. How do you know that? Well, listen to a lot of counting crows and uh, murder of crows is probably the the most famous of these group names, right? Mine is easy. I mean, I think flock of seagulls is pretty popular at this point. <laughs> That's true. Well, here's one that's easy, Wolf but it packs. had a personal connection to me. What? This one's easy. Everyone knows it. What is a pride? Lions. Lions. Okay. My name in Hebrew means lion. I didn't know if you knew that. Oh, and, I did uh, I played on a youth football team called the Pride when I was a kid, and that's when I found out I'd be terrible at football my whole life. So uh, <laughs> I thought that would be a good one. And uh, one more. What is a troop? Baboons. That's right. I'm looking at these here. Do you know what a um, an ostentation is? Oh, is that peacocks? <laughs> it's peacocks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I awesome. know this. I, I love I love that somebody's just like I know. Somebody just started like cooking and just making these up, like real heat checks here. So a group of parrots <laughs> is a pandemonium. That's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> a pandemonium of parrots. <laughs> Lemurs. Right, got- Do you know what a group of lemurs is? No. This is this again. These are probably just made up online here. A conspiracy of lemurs. I, I love it. Okay. <laughs> well, speaking speaking of, of of primates, how about apes? So it's a group of apes. What, what is it called? We'll le- we'll leave it on this one. This is a. Is it? 
is the answer an adjective? Yeah, kind of. Actually, no, it's a noun. But what you don't know parts of speech anyway, so how does that help you? That's right. I don't even know what an adjective is. All right, I just I just cheated and look at this, and I'm not going to say, but it's, it's a great it's word, terrific. right? It's terrific. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What is it? I'm like I'm like over here deep in thought. Like I'm going to get it right. It's a, like, just tell a, me sh- a shrew a shrewdness of apes. <laughs> Who thinks of this? Who thinks of this? It's just it, a lot of again, a lot of good band name possibilities just off this list. <laughs> well, I mean, how can you name yourself a flock of seagulls and you could have named yourself a shrewdness of apes? What's a business? I don't know. I know that one, but I'm drawing a blank. What is it? Ferrets. <laughs> I know a mo- kangaroos are a mob, right? Oh, here, here's a good one. Do you know what camels is? Toes. A caravan of camels. Toes. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, it's been it's been a pleasure. Catch me on Prospects to Pros on the Athletic Football Show feed on Wednesday. Stars matter later in the week with Ari. And a bonus episode of Stars Matter where we will discuss what I was alluding to. Very nice. Bonus episode of Stars Matter. That's going to be fun. Uh, Power Hour with Nicole Auerbach. And I gotta, we got to check with Nicole, but I think we're going to get me and Ari and Nicole together later in the week. We have not talked together recently, so we need to get together. we got to talk about the new Big Ten commissioner. She's been doing a ton of stuff on, on him. She did a whole Power Hour episode on him last week, but we're going to talk about that. All the the general fun in college football because the news never stops. Max is going to be monitoring the portal. Thank you so much for listening. 